Heard that winnows the field of receivers that the Colts can go get. What is Chris Ballard doing? Relax. Indiana basketball loses another guy. This is going to thrill some of the Indiana faithful, and sadly, because there's these guys played hard. It's not their fault that they were played a lot, all right? Lance Stevenson went off last night, and I hit three of the Elite Eight that uh, made it last night. Texas Tech was the one that I missed. This is Breakfast with Kent. For Friday, March 25th, 2022, brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. Give them a call. You got plumbing needs? They got plumbing help for you. 765-610-8809, the number. Great people, trustable people. You get a good price. You get good stuff. You get good work. I I will not steer you wrong, ever, ever, ever. They've worked here three times. We love Johnson's Plumbing. All right, hit subscribe, hit the like button, ring the bell. Let's go. Let's talk about sports. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling signed a three-year, $30 million deal to play with the Chiefs. Look, you need good players to win, but you have got to invest wisely in the players that you acquire. Marquez, Valdez, or Marquez Valdez-Scantling, really fast. $10 million a year. No, you cannot spend 5% of your cap on this guy. The Chiefs did because they moved on from Tyreek Hill, who went to the Dolphins for a lot of trade equity. So I get it from their perspective. From the Colts' perspective, I think it would have been a bad investment, despite the fact that he is really, really fast. Over the course of his career, you're talking about a guy who has caught 123 balls for 2,153 yards. That's over four seasons. Last year, 26 catches on 55 targets. That's Darius Hayward Bay stuff. Uh, 430 yards, three TDs in 11 games. This is a guy you want to spend $10 million a year on? Fifth round pick, going to be 28 years old? No. You can get wide receivers in the draft, so don't sweat Chris Ballard taking his time to go get weapons for Matt Ryan. I don't think that he's going to find guys on the street that Matt Ryan is going to find attractive beating cornerbacks or safeties in the fall. I don't think that's going to happen. But you can always, 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 always get in the draft at 42. Look, Colts are at 42 and they're at 73. You can always go get a wide receiver who's got a chance to be really, really productive. Michael Pittman Jr. was a second-round pick. Now, he was early in the second round, but D.K. Metcalf, last pick of the second round. You've got Terry McCorn, who was a third-rounder. you got a lot of guys. Uh, Tyreek Hill, although it was for different reasons. Tyreek Hill was a fifth-rounder. Valdez Scantling was a fifth-rounder. You can go get guys later in the draft who are not going to cost you an arm and a leg to go catch footballs for you. And it's going to be fine. Don't sweat it. Be patient. Understand the championships. No games are won in March. All right? You go get guys who are going to help in March, like Matt Ryan. Good pickup. Yannick Ngakwe, good pickup. And then in the draft, that's where you do your real work in building this Roster and the tight end position don't worry about because Jeremy Ruckert, the tight end out of Ohio State, 
is going to be taken with the Colts' fourth-round pick at 122. He is a road grader. He can catch it a little bit. He's going to be a suitable replacement for Jack Doyle, and over time is going to be an upgrade from Jack Doyle. You mark my words. All right, take a deep breath. Jeremy Ruckert is the tight end, and you can get him in the fourth round with that 122nd pick. And then you got two in the fifth round. You got two picks then. It's all going to work out fine. Now, the Colts are not going to win a championship. They're not going to win a Super Bowl. They are not a Super Bowl team. You look at the Chiefs, you look at the Bills, you look at the Chargers, you look at the Bengals, and you say, wow, we got some work to do to catch those franchises and become more competitive than those franchises. It's true, and it's going to be okay. It takes time. It's a process. Matt Ryan, a big step toward that process. All right, Ngakwe, a step toward that process. The draft, the development of the young guys like Quiddy Pay and uh, Dio Odangbo, those guys, they're going to get better. It's all going to be good. Matt Pryor's going to be okay at left tackle. He's not going to be great. You don't have great weapons other than Jonathan Taylor. Michael Pittman Jr. is not a great weapon. He's a middle-of-the-road at best, number one. He is not a top 10 receiver in the National Football League from the standpoint of dynamism and in making a quarterback all of a sudden the head of an explosive offense. And that's just the way it is. So um, <clears throat> there you go. That is what's going on with the Colts. What's good? And, and here, a bit of a recap. <sighs> there you go. Just take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. All right, Parker Stewart's not coming back to Indiana. He released that on uh, uh, social media last night. He's not coming back. And the way that Parker Stewart has been treated by Indiana fans, I don't think is necessarily fair. No, he's not a guy who can get the corner on defenders. He can't. As far as defense, not great. He's an okay shooter, almost 40%. But he played hard this year. He started 31 games and, and he was a force for good. And, and the thing, it, this keeps coming up in comments, and I really don't understand. Like, Mike Woodson played the guys that he believed would give Indiana the best chance to defend at the highest level. That's what Mike Woodson did. And Parker Stewart was more trustable in that regard than either Tamar Bates or Jordan Geronimo. And that's undeniable. If you know anything about basketball, you watch those two guys play defense. Watch them off the ball. Don't watch the ball. Watch them off the ball. Dan Dockage taught me that. Dan Dockage, watching a game with him, he's watching everything but the basketball. And he said, look at this guy. There's no way that this team can compete. Look at this guy defend. He's off the ball and he's spinning in circles or he's chasing the wrong guy or he's way out of position. That's Tamar Bates and Jordan Geronimo, although Jordan Geronimo got much better at it toward the, the end of the season. He really figured out some things on the defensive end that made him able to be on the floor as much as he was late. Jordan Geronimo is going to be a really good player for Indiana. I, I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't think he's going to transfer. And, and I hope he doesn't because that kid can play. And, and next year is when you're really going to see that step up from where he's at to where it really mid-season you couldn't afford to have him on the floor a whole lot to late in the season where you had to have him on the floor a whole lot. 
That's what Jordan Geronimo did. Maybe we'll see the same jump in status with Tamar Bates. Talented guy with the basketball, brash, which is a good thing, but on the defensive end, couldn't trust him. That's the way Mike Woodson evaluates these guys. And that's why Parker Stewart was on the floor. That's why Miller Cop was on the floor. Parker Stewart not coming back. Michael Durr, we found out yesterday, is going into the transfer portal. You know, all right. If I'm Michael Durr, I stay. Because I don't know what bigs are coming back. And if there isn't a big coming back, what do you do if you're Indiana? You know what I mean? If Trace Jackson Davis leaves, if Race Thompson leaves, what, what do you do down low? You could get small really, really quick. Indiana's in an interesting position. If a lot of guys come back, they got a chance. They've got three who are, and it seems through social media, like Christian Lander, he's not just sticking his toe in the water to see what kind of offers he gets through the transfer portal. He is full-blown diving into the deep end out of Indiana basketball, thanking the fan base, thanking Hoosier Nation. I hate this Hoosier Nation nonsense. Uh, The Nation stuff has got to stop. What are they doing? And this isn't a creation of the fans. This is a creation of the marketing people everywhere. Colts Nation, you know, rally your... No, stop this. Stop finding reasons to divide us, for God's sake. We're not... We're one nation, right? Under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. We are not a nation of fandoms or or a series of nation of fandoms. Goodness sake of mercy. Anyway... Indiana, they got to find an assistant coach, too. Uh, with Dane Fife gone, who do you go get? You know, and I, I think it becomes really easy, and I think it comes down to two guys. I think it's, um, uh, you got Brian Walsh, who's the recruiting coordinator and has done a really, really good job. And you've got Drew Adams, who has gone from Indiana under Tom Crean when Indiana was recruiting at a really high level. The Bloomington South grad had something to do with that. He, he uh, left Indiana after being the Dobo, the director of basketball ops, went to New Mexico, came to Bradley, and he's really helped those two programs recruit at a high level. You can come to Indiana. Drew Adams is still very plugged into Indiana recruiting uh, and Indiana AAU stuff and nationally uh, a very well-respected recruiting guy. There's nothing more important than recruiting. you got to go get talented guys. So one of the two, those two guys I'd be very happy with. We'll see who they wind up with, who Mike Woodson tabs as that assistant to replace Dane Fife. Not that big a deal, but it's a bit of a big deal. Um, the overtime rules in the NFL, this is easy, I'm going to fix it. You just keep playing. That's it. You, you just take the clock away and you keep playing from the point where you weren't playing and you play until somebody scores, and that's all you do. Easy beasy. Done. Fixed. (laughs) Jeez, why don't they call me? Honest to God. And college basketball, we had games last night. My God Almighty, are they trying to ruin college basketball with the official reviews? Are they insane? Clear balls out of bounds, I think on Arkansas. Went off an Arkansas kid. And they go to the replay monitor for what? I I don't understand why every stoppage is replayed, either to get the clock exactly right down to the tenth of a second or uh, to, you know, confirm what we already know within the first three seconds 
after the whistle blows. They replay it back on CBS or Turner or whatever, and you say, oh, yeah, went off on that guy. There is no reason to stop play for a minute and a half eight times in the last minute of a game. Are you trying to drain all the fun out of the game through exactitude in exerting the rules? It is so stupid and so wrongheaded and does not enhance the enjoyment of anybody, not players, not coaches, not fans. Nobody enjoys an official review. No one. It's a free timeout for a team that has spent its timeouts irresponsibly. It is just bad business. So get rid of reviews in their entirety. Don't review for flagrant fouls. A flagrant foul, by definition, should be able to be seen with the naked eye. For God's sake, if you got three officials and you can't see a flagrant foul, get the hell out of the business and go do something else. If you're an official and you're trusted to keep it fair and keep kids safe and you can't do that well enough with your naked eye, bye-bye, do something else. All right, uh, Gonzaga lost last night to Arkansas, which I picked. Arizona lost last night to Houston, which I picked. Duke won last night over Texas Tech. I did not pick that. And Villanova beat Michigan, which I also picked. Three of my teams in the Elite Eight with four games to go tonight to select the other Elite Eight. One one team left for the Big Ten. That's Purdue. They take on St. Peter's. They're going to win that game. It is not going to be close and good for them. Kansas, the only number one left. I am in the 98th percentile on ESPN with my picks, having an unbelievable tournament. Rick Carlisle, he didn't travel with the team last night to Memphis, and he's not going to be around for uh, the subsequent uh, game either. And uh, there's a family emergency, so our prayers are with the Carlisles. Uh, Lance Stevenson went off last night, 25 points in 23 minutes, 5 of 5 from beyond the arc. Well, Lance gets it rolling Lance gets it rolling, right? But the Pacers lose 133-103 to Memphis, which is great because they remain behind the Sacramento Kings for the first, first or fifth worst record in the NBA, which is important. You don't want to drop to sixth worst. And the Kings have got Orlando, and uh, then they got another game. Then they got Miami. Then they got two against Houston. So they could win three of their next four. That'd be terrific if they could do that. Pacers at 25 and 49 right now. T- Toronto tomorrow night, a game that they should lose. Let's celebrate some birthdays, shall we? On this chilly, it's a chilly weekend. Look, here's my bargain, okay, with the weather people December, January, February, and half of March. I'm all in behind the cold. Make it cold, I'm okay. I'm not going to whine. I'm not going to bitch about that. But by God, when we get past St. Patrick's Day, I want nice weather, especially on the weekend. Is that too much to ask? At any rate, birthdays today. Uh, Fat Mike, uh, a Chicago sports media icon. He's celebrating a birthday. Matt Hummel, Ricky Eicholtz, celebrating a birthday. Craig Dodge Lyle, happy birthday. The great Gabe Hobbs, the great Tom Gahan, happy birthday, Melissa Junk, and Ted Spurgeon, happy birthday. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else that's best done with an honest and specific compliment. 
lift each other, don't pull each other down. Inside Indiana Sports this afternoon, about 4.30, 4.45. I cannot wait to talk to you then. Subscribe, ring the bell, let's go.